Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Stay tuned for the Network Live News Minute. This is December 3rd, and this is your Network Live News Minute. Top U.S. military commanders and diplomats are weighing a proposed strategy shift in the Afghanistan war centered on expanded military collaboration with Russia. Remnants of four ballistic missiles fired into Saudi Arabia by Yemen's Houthi rebels this year appear to have been designed and manufactured by Riyadh's regional rival Iran. A confidential report by United Nations sanctions monitors said, bolstering a push by the United States to punish the Tehran government. After years of investigations that began primarily due to the whistleblower videos, the FBI has finally decided to investigate Planned Parenthood for trafficking in human remains from abortion. Between that and the Center for Medical Progress's latest undercover video showing how Planned Parenthood colluded with medical company Stem Express to sell the most aborted baby parts for the most profit, the GOP should finally defund this shady organization that still receives a large guaranteed taxpayer subsidy. Israeli officials are reportedly expecting U.S. President Donald Trump to make a landmark announcement in the coming days regarding the move of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and recognizing the highly sensitive holy city as Israel's capital, according to a local TV report on Wednesday. Well, this has been a Network Live News Minute. I'm Rudy Rule reporting. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from author and speaker Lance Wallnow. USA Today reports that Lance is one of only three evangelical leaders to have accurately predicted Donald Trump's presidency while running against 15 opponents. Dr. Wallnow's best-selling book, God's Chaos Candidate, explains the global shift that accompanies Trump's unexpected electoral upset. God is working in new and unprecedented ways among the nations. Dr. Wallnow has shared platforms with best-selling authors Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell and lectured at universities from Harvard and MIT to London School of Theology. Merging a 30-year background consulting in business and the nonprofit sector, Lance inspires vision of tomorrow with the clarity of today, connecting ideas to action. He currently directs the Lance Learning Group, a strategic teaching and consulting company based in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Wallnow is a frequent television guest and conference keynote speaker. Stay tuned to the Network Live. You won't want to miss this opportunity to hear from Lance Wallnow. When you have something wrong with your child that you can't fix, you feel very small and very weak. I was hit by a drunk driver. I don't remember any of the specifics of my injuries or the accident. I just know stuff was taken care of and I was able to focus on getting healed. Our medical bills have been over a million dollars and the members at MediShare have faithfully paid our bills. I think the thing that appeals to me most about MediShare is I'm not just a number. We are part of a family. You're not only getting taken care of by a medical doctor, but you're also getting taken care of spiritually through the power of prayer. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, 
affordable biblical health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Thank you for being with us today. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from Lance Walnaus. Here's Lance. I'm Lance Wallnow. Welcome to a quick update on what's happening now in the spirit and in history. So we're looking at the news cycle right now. And uh, what is amazing is the amount of accomplishments that uh, President Trump has uh, achieved and the absolute negligence of recording any of that that's happening in the media. However, we did catch that uh, wonderful moment this week when the president, while dealing with, uh, what was it, Native Americans, he was, he was receiving uh, in the Oval Office, he took the opportunity to take a dig at Senator Warren in Massachusetts, referring to her as Pocahontas, which, of course, set liberals into a, into a outrage because he was so insensitive and insulted the Native Americans. And so what you've got now... In the Bible, there's a word for this. It's called the evil eye. The evil eye is, let not your eye be evil, is what Jesus said. And that's when you're looking at somebody solely through the perspective and the prism of finding fault. It's like an evil eye is if you're looking, if you, literally, when somebody doesn't like you, they meet you in order to find something wrong with you. And so that's basically media is the magnifying lens of an evil eye looking for anything from, I mean, Melania Trump could be going down doing support for hurricane victims, but if she wears the wrong shoes, uh, according to someone's sense of fashion, then she will be picked on. It's not even the wrong shoes. If she got off the plane and they got a picture of her before she got her sneakers on, it's considered a big, you know, statement. So what you have is a, uh, a contradiction in terms of current events, and you guys know this, but every now and then I actually have to remind people of the achievements of what's taking place because there's so much cynicism being mounted through the megaphone. Remember something, uh, Christians have got to get this straight. Let's just draw the plane here. And so we got a plane, and there's the uh, wings of the plane. There's a little place in here. It's like the cockpit up there. It doesn't really matter whether or not there are uh, 200 Christians. 240 Christian passengers could be there if in the um, cockpit and in the cabin crew you've got uh, six people that are hostile, they can control the flight, they could crash the plane, they could take you to another location. Those six people that control the airplane are called the head, and the rest of this thing is actually various departments of the tail. Now, the Bible says you're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Now you know why. Because a remnant of people, and I'm quite serious about this, a remnant of people, 2% of the population, can control the direction of an entire nation. You could expand the cabin seating and have 400 people, get this, 
400 people in revival. And if you do not have control of the uh, cockpit, that plane is going to get taken wherever the uh, people sitting there are going to take it. And this is basically why for years I've been talking ad nauseum about the seven mountains. And I said, look, America and the nations are going to end up going in the direction of whoever it is that's in control of the cockpit. And it's 2% of the population is going to control. Let's just take these three things right here. Whoever's controlling media is going to be in control of the interpretation of current events. You could be doing great, but if the newspaper says that you're, that you're under suspicion of, of theft and embezzlement, there goes your reputation. So you've got the political sphere here, which of course includes court appointments. I'm sorry, it's a weird thing, but um, your appointments in court are going to reflect your political ideology. You don't really have just judges. You have judges that have a bias that is either going to be conservative or liberal. So your political system is here, your media system is over here, political system is over here, and I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put education here because the academic world is producing uh, right out of the fountain of perpetual youth. We have now 50 million millennials that are going to be coming out and all voting who basically are having their opinion formed by media and uh, by their professors, and they're going to vote in the kind of Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warrens that are certain to crash the plane. So I'm bringing all this up to you right now for a very important reason. I want you to just look at the Bible quickly. You go to Matthew chapter 12, and notice what Jesus says. He says that, verse 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. I'm going to put the word man here. When unclean spirits gone out of a man. Now watch this. We're talking about Matthew. Here's our verse. We're going with Matthew chapter 12. If you've got a Bible, check it out. Make sure I'm not teaching false doctrine. Matthew 12, 43. We have a man, unclean spirit goes out of the man. It goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So cast out, goes wandering around. Then comes back and says, I will return to my house. Oh, this is interesting. The man is actually a house for a spirit. Curious. And then he says, I'll return to my house, which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty and swept and put in order. The house basically is empty. Now, this is interesting, but it's cleaned up. Empty, but cleaned up. So we've cleaned up the house. It's empty. And he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Ooh, look at this. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, and so shall it be with this generation. Hold it. Wait a second. So Jesus is talking about the generation of Israel. He was literally predicting that Rome, he'll eventually just lay it out and put it right clear. This generation is a wicked generation. It rejected, its leaders rejected the Messiah. And because the leaders rejected the Messiah, they were able to persuade the people. See how leadership affects people? And uh, therefore, the man be, is the house, and the generation houses the nation. And when Jesus comes along and there is a move of God, if the move of God 
cleans out the house and and organizes but does not occupy the house then what you have is seven other spirits come back into the house and the place is seven times worse throw this together for a second if you were to take these high places that I talk about that shape the United States of America and we're in a battle right now as a nation everybody is still praying and I understand it's a conceptual battle everyone's still praying for the winds of what are we looking for revival we can't wait for revival to come but you see revival is the move of God that cleans out the house but doesn't occupy the house what's the move of God that occupies a house reformation you see Jesus brought the revival to Israel but the leaders rejected the move of God and therefore they weren't reformed please hear this we are still drinking the revival Kool-Aid as a charismatic culture why will revival fail well who discipled the United States over the last 20 years while we had Toronto and Brownsville and Pensacola and um, you know you, you name it we've had we've had revivals we've had mega churches created from the 1990s all the way through to the year 2017 we've had the best we've had more books printed and more TV and media uh, than any nation on planet earth we have more Christians in America as a percentage of population than any other country who discipled America I'll tell you that was President Barack Obama during his administration it was uh, it was the the useless establishment Republicans that drove up the debt ten trillion dollars of the George Bush with the sliding of culture in other words for the last 15 or 20 years it was the liberal arts and entertainment taken over it was the destruction of family and family values it was government lacking the ability to resist but rather just moving along with the culture it was academia teaching the uh, the, the LGBT arguments that ended up making the um, same-sex marriage the new norm for uh, what's ex what is what is the definition of a family unit and where was the church over here, man, I'll tell you what we were doing. We're revival, 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 prayer, signs, wonders, miracles, gold dust, you name it. And what did we not do? We did not actually take this into a move of God that changed the nation. Now watch, this is real important. If the man has a spirit and the man is a house and that spirit's cast out, and actually Jesus says the man refers to a generation and the house literally refers to a nation. These seven high places of government, politics, academia, media, and, uh, and, and of course we got business over here, the high points up there, the tops of these mountains, these are the institutional gatekeepers. This is the people that are in the cockpit of the plane. This is 2% of the population. These are your elected officials, your judges, your lawyers, your journalists, your playwrights, your producers. We have enough believers in all these mountains to be able to make up to put push the battle at the gates. But we don't teach that message. We don't organize our people. How would you get together with other Christians in your city in order to uh, impact uh, the mayor's office, for instance? 
The churches don't work together politically. 90% of pastors eschew and avoid politics in the pulpit. So where are you going to get your leadership from? How are you going to amass in the school system? Who's bringing the Christians together in the school system? See, the flocks are subdivided into churches, and then half the flock doesn't even go to church. So they, even if we mobilize churches, what I'm saying is, do you see the problem? Take a look at this. That we, in order to occupy, you need a reformation. In order to have a move of God, you need a revival. If your revival doesn't become a reformation, you lose your nation. If a revival doesn't become a reformation, you lose your Because reformation goes into the institutional high places. It doesn't just clean up the swamp. It occupies the swamp with fresh water and new fish. If Christians don't get engaged with politics, if Christians don't get engaged with journalism media, if Christians don't get engaged with the, uh, cartoons for the next generation, if Christians actually don't rise up and have an aggressive move on these college campuses, if trustees and donors don't get uh, start taking an interest in where their money's going, what curriculum's being taught, you understand Marxism and uh, the destruction of Judeo-Christianity is being now propagated almost with fascist-like vigilance on college campuses. And our poor little kids are sitting like lambs to the slaughter, 50,000, 60,000 a year. State-funded campuses are indoctrinating your children. Socialism now has a 60% approval rating from your kids. Socialism. That's basically, remember Hitler was a national socialist? You want to talk about fascists? Donald Trump doesn't represent fascism. Stalin, Mussolini, and Mao. Dictatorships that actually are socialist or communist. That's where you lose your freedom of speech. Not from people that believe in small or less government or more efficiently run government. I get off the phone all the time with people that are all about praying for a revival. I say, so what? A revival sweeps the house clean? If you don't occupy it with a reformation, if your revival doesn't metamorphose into moving into institutions, and by the way, all of our kids that are going off to Bible school, let me ask you a question. What's the big, uh, what's the plan for them? What are they going to do? Once they come out, remember this, once your kid comes out of Bible college and has gone to Bible school, wherever that is, or is, has, done, has done their, you know, and you're happy because they got all grounded and rooted and grounded in this Bible teaching. If they don't come out of that place figuring out how to make a living in the uh, mountains out here, if they don't have that answer, if all that they know how to do is to seek God and love God, guess what? They're in competition with secular kids and kids from China and Asia and India who are in these colleges and universities who have one focus, and that's beating the pants off of the lazy or the incoherent competition. Your kids are going out into a marketplace. I know how they're going out because they're going out with the same la-la land focus on spirituality, and instead of figuring out how to occupy territory. They're preoccupied with how to be spiritual and revival focused and then supernaturally prosper. Well, guess what? God doesn't supernaturally prosper you uh, if you don't have a talent uh, and a gift and a skill and an ability that you're willing to put into labor. He that doesn't work doesn't eat. They actually have to work. A lot of them don't even know how to work. They don't know how to be good employees. They don't know how to be faithful employees. They don't know because to them, their world is already divided into spirit land versus natural, and they want God to supernaturally take care of them in the natural. We have actually 
screwed up a whole generation of Bible students unless we teach your career. 90% of you are going to make a living in the marketplace. Only 10%, only 10% of the uh, of the Israelites were actually in the tribe of Levi uh, that were priesthood given to full-time ministry. 90% were going to go take territory. So let me give you your final verse here. Verse 13 of chapter 19. We're going to go to Luke 19. Here's what I'm worried about. 1913. For all our, do I believe in revival? Yeah, I believe revival is the manifest presence of God that overtakes an individual to make them consciously aware of the reality of eternity and impresses it upon their mortal sensibilities. And I believe the more people that are in revival, the more that manifestation happens. And I also believe that the Welsh revival left no imprint on Wales, and America's Azusa Street revival actually didn't even leave anything, didn't even leave an Azusa mission behind. All you got is a star on the floor of a parking lot owned by an Asian telephone company. That's what you got left of Azusa. Now, the ripple effect is everyone who prays in tongues can thank Azusa Street for that. But actually, the Azusa Street revival, kind of like the, uh, the Welsh revival. Look at L.A. today and tell me, is that the stronghold of revival? Or isn't that where Harvey Weinstein is not right now having a reckoning? So, um, Luke chapter uh, 19, verse 13, what does it say? It says, Occupy till I come. What are we talking about? Occupy till I come. Here's the translation. By the way, this is in multiple translations. The literal translation of that is, Do business till I come. My gosh, is that your definition of what Christians are supposed to do? Do business? Transact business. In other words, your job is to take the substance of what you got here and interact with those seven mountains and do interaction, transact, 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 like leaven. Go in, go in, go in, take more, take more, influence, influence, covert and overt until you actually can occupy. Because if you sweep the house clean and you fail to occupy it, you'll end up with something seven times worse. The land of the Reformation didn't occupy its mountains. And instead of having the Protestant Reformation occupy those seven mountains, National Socialism came in. And you actually could end up in America where the very nation that had the greatest freedom is going to have the greatest demonic backlash because those mountains are going to be taken, each one of them, all seven of them, will be taken and it'll be seven times worse because Christians were seeking revival rather than occupation of cultural territory through the way that they did business, the way that they earned a living, the long-term plan, not a quick escape route through a rapture, but thinking a hundred years down the road about what uh, kind of a what kind of a culture and nation you want to leave to your children. This is the battle the church is in right now because I'm promising you we still don't understand it. I, I'm on the phone all the time with people that are praying for a revival, and they, they had not occurred to them yet that if you had the revival after it settled down, if you didn't take those high places, the cockpit of the plane will be rushed, and that plane will be taken vigilantly in the new direction, and you'll be under the heel of a backlash for your revival. That's a positive word. It may not sound like it, but it's positive. You know why? Because Donald Trump is in office right now, and with Donald Trump in office, with Mr. Trump in office, as we're praying for him, there is an opportunity right now for 
revival that will lead to reformation. We are going to have to reform government, reform tax, reform educational systems. And if we can uh, reform them, we will be a new nation. We have got to be a reformation nation because that's the sheep nation God wants us to be versus the goat nation the left wants us to be. And like it or not, revival is not going to do the job of reformation of the nation. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for the, uh, for the grace of God that is on my friends right now, that everyone that's listening to me, I pray for a burning passion to be able to know where and how we cross over and occupy. I pray for, a, uh, for those young people that have been steeped in and, and, and saturated in the desire and the, in the yearning for the spiritual life. I pray that you give them their secular assignment, that they will know where they go in and penetrate what part of the system are they called to take? What gates are they called to storm and go through? And I pray for a new alliance of fathers and sons and mothers and daughters of my generation with the next generation that together we can work this beautiful reformation, uh, this powerful reformation, Lord, that you want to do in this 500th anniversary of the reformation in this nation. May this president of the United States, Lord, be strengthened. May he be covered from the, sole of his head, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. May the anointing quicken him with sharpness, with strength, with youth. Remove the stress and put the joy of governing in his heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Dr. Lance Warnow, Director of the Lance Learning Group and leading teacher and strategist in the 7M Mandate. See, there's certain spheres, mountains we call them. These mountains are the, uh, the high places that shape culture. Lance is dedicated to helping Christians achieve preeminence in business, education, family, government, media, arts and entertainment, and religion. What the Lord is showing me is his kingdom is about to be proclaimed and established at a whole new level because the kingdom rules over all those spheres. Thousands of leaders around the world attest to the lasting impact that their first encounter with Lance. If this is your first time to hear Lance, find out more about Lance at LanceWallNow.com or join with thousands of others by checking out his regular broadcast on Periscope and Facebook Live under Lance Wellnow. life. It's meant to be lived fully. Jesus said it. I came to give you life. Life to the fullest. Life in your family. Life in your finances. Life in your body, mind, and spirit. Life in your everyday. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover life. Life. Live it fully. CBN.com. Joseph and Mary figured out that Mary was pregnant. They went to Bethlehem, and there was no room for them, and they had to stay in the stable. Jesus is born in the manger. I think the stable was 
stinky. It was animals. There were shepherds on the field and then the angel came. He said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. A savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That was a big star shining. So they decided to follow it. The wise men came to see baby Jesus. They bring the gifts because um, it was Jesus's birthday and birthday to get presents. Gold. Where are the other twos? Merkinsense. Frankincense and myrrh. Happy birthday, baby Jesus. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.